the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 26, recorded Tuesday, April 15th, 2014. Don't use green. EdTech is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. This is EdTech, your education-focused show put on to you by the fine folks at Aviation. Hi, my name is Tom Albright. I'm your host with us, as always, Mr. Greg Brown, UCLA Bruin extraordinaire, head of the Technology Managers Council, and an all-around good guy. How are you, brother? Thank you, Tim. Very well. Glad to be here. Uh, also with us from far across the uh, other side of the country, Scott Tyner from Bates College, former head of the Technology Managers Council, and also an all-around good guy. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm honored to be here with such luminaries as no Tim and Craig. <laughs> we were talking before the show. Both of these guys have, have credentials that I can only aspire to. Uh, and now that I'm no longer a technology manager, I guess that's one thing I can cross off my list. So. <laughs> that, that's an aspiration in and of itself. <laughs> it is. You know what? It is. And, and, and Ernie, Ernie Bailey, who's been on more than once, uh, he also was a former uh, technology manager's counsel. So I don't know why you guys keep letting me hang out with you. So... Uh, we don't either. You, you feel Watch sorry. this show <laughs> long yes. enough. You know, we're going to come knocking on your door and, and appoint you. Okay, all right. Well, he, we have no choice. You're the host of the show. Well, that, that is true. <laughs> There's that. Uh, speaking of the show, we have a, a sponsor uh, this month, a uh, brand new sponsor. Uh, EdTech is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products. And their TechPed technology pedestals, Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. Uh, this month on, on EdTech, actually, we've got uh, a blog post by each of you fine gentlemen that we're going to talk about. Uh, Scott writes for uh, Rave Publications and their education uh, section, so there's one about uh, customer service. And Greg Brown goes after some companies uh, for some stuff. Just a few. Just a few. Uh, but first, we're going to kick this off with uh, our good folks, uh, the, our good friends over at Extron. And the reason I, I bring this up, and, and actually Scott just asked, is this is this an old product? Well, kind of, sort of. It's the IN1608. And the thing about the IN1608 is now you have it with a control processor. And so here's the deal. Um, Extron, back in January, right before ISE, they released their, their DX, uh, their, their cross-point switcher, and, and it was their new digital one. And uh, they were marketing it to be the, the new all-in-one box with, with uh, up against the DMPS from Crestron and the Innova from, from AMX. And, and so folks in the industry took issue with the fact that they were trying to do that because it was missing something of that all-in-one box, and that was a control system. And so about two or three weeks ago, they, they threw the control system in. Good for them. You know, yay. It's, it's, it's now officially an all-in-one box. And now it seems like that's kind of where they're going with this. The IN1608 has a control system now, which it, it, it hasn't up until this point. Uh, Scott, we'll start with you on this one. It, 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 is, are they trying to, I guess the question is, what are they trying to do or be by um, integrating all these other ancillary boxes with, with the control system 
Uh, you know, and granted, it's you know, it's it's a fairly robust control system. You can do quite a few things with with Extron, just like you can do with AMX and Crestron. Um, are they trying to be a control system now more than than the the scalar switcher company that they've been in the past? You know, I I really I, I don't know. I think one of the things we talked about in the past, uh, from my perspective, is that we, we joke about Extron a little bit, but they've always just been very clear about their direction, you know, and certainly we know that K through 12 has always been a huge market yeah. for Extron, a really great market for Extron. They make great products for K through 12. I don't actually really, I, I don't know enough about what an Extron processor would do, to be honest with you, uh, to even um, make a comment on that. I will make a comment on one other thing, though, because it, it it drives me over the edge when any company does this, not just Extron, is when they recommend shielded twisted pair. The entire point of using twisted pair is to use the common wire that everybody uses all the time. Everybody knows how to punch down. And when you start using twist, shielded twisted pair, in my opinion, you might as well go back to old RGB cable because it's just it's not there all the time oh, and I it's know. not <laughs> something that's easy to use. Come on, RGB? You mean like five B and C RGB or? Well, frankly, it's it, it, you know it's an exaggeration, but it's it's easier to to um, to terminate than shielded twisted pit pair, and know. to actually keep that shield going through the whole way. Yeah, because that little foil is a pain in the butt, honestly. So and and to, to you know if you have to patch it down anywhere and you've got to get the patch uh, that's all shielded, it is just it's such a pain and it it takes away that convenience factor that was the the real big push for the the cat cable. Well, who else? Uh, Greg, we'll get to you in a second on this because uh, I'll ask you the same I'm question. Waiting patiently. Patiently, yeah, he's he's biting his <laughs> lip, his tongue right now. Besides, I can think of uh, Aurora suggests doesn't doesn't care what you do with uh, your, your your twisted pair. They can shield it, unshield it, doesn't matter. And I can I can't think of anybody else, but but Crestron, AMX, and Extron all recommend right uh, up to a certain point uh, when you when you get to a certain distance, shielded twisted pair, don't they? So um, they do. Uh, my experience with Crestron is that's different. Like if you look at Extron's site right now, I mean, red letters right there. It's strongly recommended. Crestron, you know, is gonna they're, they're gonna talk to you and essentially say, you know, you've got to be going a pretty big distance, carrying pretty big resolution to have to worry about that. Uh, my experience is you call Extron tech support, and that's the first question they're gonna ask you, <laughs> even if you're going 20 feet, is are you using um, Shield the Twisted Pair? It's kind of like Crestron's what version of firmware are you using? So, right. <laughs> so. I always want to answer what first version should I be using? <laughs> the answer is yes. The question is what is this week's version? What is this week's version? Yes. I, I <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to get. Yes, I am. I <laughs> I got on site the other day and I'm trying to figure this uh, this system out and it's just not happening and. Uh, overnight, they had they had updated Toolbox, which if you don't know what that is for Crestron, that's the the uh, software you use to talk to the processor and kind of you know uh, troubleshoot it. And sure enough, that's what it was. I had to update the stupid version of Toolbox. Anyhow, uh, Mr. Brown, what is uh, what are our fine friends over at Extron uh, doing with uh, all these control systems everywhere? Um, honestly, what are they doing? They're trying to play the See, you can do everything with our stuff that you can do with Crestron after all. Uh, game. Um, okay, are they winning at that? Well, no. 
Um, now, now I think this is a good move. I think these these are good products for them. I'm glad they came out with them. I think they definitely give them give you some some options that they needed to have in their stable. Um, what what concerns me a little bit, to to be honest, as as much as I love giving an extra giving extra on a hard time. As you guys, no, actually, I, I don't think I enjoy giving Extron a hard time quite as much as you guys do, but, but I do enjoy it, um, partially because they take it so badly. Um, they, um, they, they, they are playing kind of the, the Me Too game, and okay, we every everybody has to do that in our industry to a certain extent when you've got competitors, but. Uh, Extron used to be really have a lot of really novel stuff that you couldn't get from everybody else, um, and stuff that was really, in many cases, a little unique and problem solved in ways that other stuff didn't. And I really came to love them for that. And I'm afraid, honestly, I, I am concerned that they've sort of lost their way a little bit in that direction and. They have gotten a few steps behind, and they're playing the Me Too game kind of to catch up. And I hope, although these are good products, I hope what we don't see going into the next three, four, five years is just a continuing string of, oh, this is Extron's version of the AMX such and such or the Crestron such and such. Because that'll keep them in business, but I think those guys will beat them at that game. Just being on the on the technological cutting edge. So you think they've lost their their niche? I'm out, host. I'm I'm concerned. I don't I don't I'm I'm very happy having three big healthy competing control system companies, and there's a fourth and fifth out there who are pissed off at me right now. Uh, undoubtedly, I don't know who they are, but that's kind of the point. Um, Probably get a call from Kramer after this watch. Um, Kramer doesn't do control. I'm, I'm glad we have this big three, and they're generally big and healthy and competitive, and involved in a lot of projects. And I don't, I don't want to see you know one of these guys like Extron, you know, really starting to lose their way and get off the path. No, I would, I would agree with you there. I mean, that's it, it, to, I have used Extron control before. Actually, that was the first control system I ever used. It was the global configurator and the global uh, viewer stuff. And it was, it was very good. It was, it, it lets you do, it's, it's not, it's not programming, right? It's configurating. And and they'll even say that that's, it's called global configurator for a reason. Um, But it does give you some hooks in to do some, some custom, uh, some custom code if you know it and if you need to. So, right. uh, All right. Let's talk about blog posts here. Uh, let's start. Let's start. Start with Mr. Tyner's here because Scott, yours actually hit a chord with me because one of the things that I took away from this year's NSCA um, Business Leadership Co- uh, Co- Council was customer service. The fact that that's where the money is. That's where you make your bones. That is where um, you know you're either going to make or break as um, as a company and as, as a, an integrator. Um, you, you make some interesting uh, some interesting points with uh, <clears throat> with a particular company. Let's just say, um, here's the thing, guys. We, when I want to ask both of you this, when it comes down to dollars and cents, and, and we we all three know this because I, I used to work in education. You guys still do. Uh, 
when when it comes to bid contracts and things of that, that nature, when it comes down to you know a couple dollars here and a couple dollars there, how important is it that when you are in the, those meetings and you and the bid openings are happening and, and you see customer you know uh, company A and then company B and company C and there's you know ten twenty maybe a hundred dollars difference, how important is it is your past relationships or at least your knowledge of how they treat their customers? How important is that, Scott? Uh, well, for me, it's a hundred, hundred percent. It's really all that matters. Fortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm at a private institution, yeah. and so we don't have to bid out like some of the public ones oh, do. Very cool. Now, that's not to say we don't. I mean, if we're building a new building, of course, we're going to put that out to bid. Uh, but if I'm going to spend thirty or forty thousand dollars on a room upgrade this summer, um, I do not have to bid that out. I don't have to bid any part of that out. Um, and that's why I wrote in that article. You know, the company that we buy stuff from, and I've written in other uh, articles about that whole relationship thing. The company that we buy the equipment from, we buy everything from, and I mean everything. And so, like I've said in the past, people could look at that and go, "Well, they've kind of got you over a barrel, don't you? Don't they?" And I say, "Well, and I've got them over one, you know." So it's a we take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, that that article uh, is, you know, um, telling me, you know, 100% about exactly how that benefits us. Because if this was a company who I had only, you know. If you know, even if it was a local company that I had bought four four monitors from to hang in, uh, in there, and you know, I I called them and said, well, you got to take them back and give me new ones, and I don't care what you do with them, uh, they would have just been like, you know, we can't we can't do it, we can't. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Brown, you are a public <laughs> at a public institution, and uh, I'm not familiar with all of of California's laws and bylaws, but I believe you do have to to bid uh, after a certain amount. Um, yeah, and and how th- uh, how thorough. We can buy anything under five thousand dollars here. Wow. Okay. Um, above that, at at different points, it becomes a more official bid. Although, let's just say, any technology manager worth their salt can write a bid spec to specify the to to force really any equipment they want. If they equipment, yes, but 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 integrator, no, though, right? We don't use integrators, so I okay. don't have that well, problem. Well, never mind then. <laughs> so, you don't use any integrators at all? We do everything in-house. Wow. That, you know. Better, faster, cheaper. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes. No, better, faster, cheaper. Okay, 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 okay. Any other questions? No. Let's <laughs> That's go an older the, blog post to talk about. Let's, my, let's, my, let's go on to your blog post, because speaking of the fact that you do everything yourself, uh, this is... <laughs> By the way, I love the picture here. It's, it's uh, the uh, the. Uh, I'm surprised that I suggested it. And I'm surprised they went it that went with it. That's from uh, Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist, please sir, may I have another. Uh, actually, you said, please sir, may I buy your product without seeing it? Said no one ever. Um, and you make you make some good points, and, and I I'll I will voice my what I've said before to you. Your UC freaking LA, right? Um, that was you getting quoted in there. You you should have people. Knocking down your door to come bring you product, uh, Scott. I'm going to pick on you, and I'll pick on my old institutions. But, but we don't. And and the the inspiration yeah. of this was a company that basically said, um, "Hey, you know this integrator has one. It's the same company that uh, it, it 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 it's right in the front there with the projector. You know, they basically wanted to point us to an integrator." Same company that has an interactive whiteboard about about an hour that way that we can pile everybody, I guess, into the back of an old station wagon and drive out there some afternoon if we want to play with it. 
But yeah. that those are our options for uh, for uh, getting a demo of this one particular company that I won't mention here. But I'm I just it's very smart of you, by the way. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, Smart's a company that makes interactions. I, I was. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I just it. got it. I'm glad you Sorry. explained it. <laughs> um, all right, so so Scott is, you know, he and I. I know what it feels like to get tossed under the bus. <laughs> Scott and I have have had this experience where we've we talked off the air and you know at Infocom and stuff like that, where he and I are bemoan. You know, Greg is bemoaning the fact that he has you know vendors lining up out the door and nobody comes sees comes to see poor Scott and me. Um, because Scott's up in the middle of Maine and I'm a little, I was a, a little community college. Uh, so gentlemen, I, I will ask you this and, and not that I had any, any, any success in this really, um, with the exception of honestly, Extron and Crestron, uh, were the two companies and actually Kramer, uh, towards the end of my tenure at the college. Um, how do you get demos? How do you get reps attention? How do you get... Um, these companies that are multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies to pay attention to your little institution, um, whether you're going to spend $20,000 a year on their product or $100 million a year on their product. How do you get their attention and get them to help you spec their product and, and, and take, take a look at their stuff? Well, I can answer that in, in two separate ways. The first one about how you get their attention is you go on AV Nation Ed Tech Podcast and say (laughs) bad things about them. Or you write a blog for Rave Pubs and you say bad things about them. All of a sudden, (laughs) you've got their attention. No, it's interesting. I actually say that, but I'm joking because amazingly enough, and I mean, you know, I I don't know what you have for viewership, but some people watch us. Some people read Rave Pubs. We've talked about this before, and they still aren't aren't calling to offer, even come do demos of stuff. It's just it's simply amazing to me, um, you know the the lack of companies that do that. Uh, and so what we do is, you know, we we have to stay um, up to date ourselves. We have to read um, the, you know, watch your podcast. We have to you know read the industry magazines, go to trade shows if possible, uh, get out to Infocom, sh- um, you know, around the regions when possible, because they just they um, they just don't come here, uh, you know, and I uh, it, it amazes me to this day. Uh, they don't even you know they're not even willing to put together. Um, a regional thing for you know there's not a ton but you know it, in Maine and New Hampshire you could easily get 15 or 20 colleges to get together put on a lunch and do a little demo they don't even yeah. do that you know Greg saying I'm he's not gonna drive an hour up the road I'll drive two hours down the road for free lunch and a demo but they don't even they don't even do it see and that's that's something that you know um, that that's what cracks me up is is I have a buddy that that's a he's a manufacturer's rep and he does that all the time right um, he's more in the integration side and he, he, he reps microphones. And so he'll go to an area that's not as populated as let's say St. Louis or Chicago or what have you. Um, and he'll get, he'll get a bunch of integrators together and say, Hey, you know what? Let's all meet at this place for lunch. I'll put my, my, my stuff, my rack, and I'll show you all the latest, greatest microphones and, and wireless stuff, this, that, and the other. Um, and the fact that they don't do that, I think is, is, is still confusing to me. It is, you know, I you people who've listened to this uh, podcast know that we are an NEC house uh, as far as projectors go. Um, that's simply because uh, the we were used to be a Sony house, and when I came in, they were too expensive. We went to the NEC, and we're just an NEC house now because 
no other projector manufacturer has ever called me and said, can I come meet with you and show me you my Panasonics, my Epsons, my um, any of that stuff. And if they did, I'd be more than willing to listen. And I get it, you know, it's what, uh, 10 projectors a year or something. But, you know, if I was a salesman, 10 projectors a year is 10 projectors a year. Yeah, absolutely. That That is huge, and we are largely a Panasonic house, and as, as much as I would love to have that, that line of, of, of vendors, you know, lined up outside the door, <laughs> that hasn't happened either. I have probably four or five people who call on me semi-regularly. Um, that's, that's not the sum total of the, of the AV industry world <laughs> as we know it, yeah. and... Um, we're a huge Panasonic house largely because we have a really good Panasonic rep who stops by regularly, who knows, you know, another thing I mentioned in my blog, who knows what we use and what we don't use, doesn't call us up when, you know, they bring out something silly that we aren't going to like, uh, but calls us up if something, you know, that, that might be useful to us comes out and, and stays in touch. And... They're about the only projector manufacturer who has really consistently done that for for the the past few years. Yeah, I I when when I was working for uh, until now, you until know, my my phone's ringing. Yeah, um, I think I only had one manufacturer, and that was Mitsubishi. Uh, ironically enough, now they're out of business. So. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they were great for a while, and we we got some Mitsubishi's in here, and then poof, they like disappeared off the face of the planet. Even tried to get a hold of them once, and I don't think I got a reply back. It was really weird. Well, now they don't. Well, now ago. they don't make projectors, so be, be glad yeah, maybe it was for for the better. For the better. Some of that does get back to that customer service though piece, which mm -hmm. is that there are there are things, and I think that Crestron and Extron, to be honest with you, are two of the ones who really. Um, stand out in my mind as far as when I call those companies and say to them, and Crestron, I understand I spend a lot more money with them, but even Extron, who I don't spend a lot of money with, if I call them and say to them, I have a problem and I need you to focus on it, they they snap right to it and focus on it. You know, we had an issue with a couple of uh, Extron um, over cat, um, uh, CAT extenders. Uh, we got right up to their top level tier technical support. Um, they sent us some some new ones with some different chips in them. You know they were all over it, and they and they took care of it. And so that that if if you're doing that, then I can see you you know not visiting me as often if you're doing this great customer support. Yeah. Um, but you know so many companies don't do that. Yeah, that is one thing that that Extron has always done really well, regardless of how much money you spend with them. If you have one of their products in your hand, they're nine times out of ten. I'm not going to say every time, but nine times out of ten, they're going to they're going to help you out and at least help help you figure out the problem. So. Yep. All right, guys, let's talk about projectors. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Casio is de uh, debuting a, a brand new ultra short throw lamp free uh, projector. And and where I wanted to go with this is to kind of see where you guys get your get your crystal balls out. Um, it's 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 going for about two thousand dollars, which is interesting to me. Is um, a five year warranty and a ten thousand hour warranty on the lamp or on the on the sorry on the light it's not lamp um so the question is this where are we going with this are we is this where we're moving to is is the lampless stuff where this is going to be overtaking and and so you're going to have to figure in the cost of um the projector plus what you may or may not have spent on on lamps uh greg is this where we're headed is this whole lamp free thing or, or are we going to be still dealing with 
with something to uh, to replace for the next few years. You, you know how there's always a point in the show where I seem to become the, the resident curmudgeon? That's at the start, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's that's it's it's now today. Okay. Um, I I think this is the point where I mentioned I don't like short throw projectors and I don't like laser projectors. Um, and I I I don't like short throw projectors because they generally most of them don't make an image size that's very useful to me. Okay, in maybe some of our smaller classrooms, but you know I I'd like to see more up in the you know ten twelve foot you know, diagonal sort of range, particularly, you know, in the, the 16 by 9 uh, range. Yeah. Not a lot out there. Um, and, and and projectors that aren't so damn tweaky when it comes to, like, getting getting the image focused and right, you know, with a short throw, you're, like, you're like playing with that, that sort of a thing, and mm -hmm. you get this corner looking right, and then this corner is fuzzy. Ah, oh, they're a pain in the butt. And... Um, on on top of that, there's a there's a new thing in the AV world that that laser projectors really haven't gotten a hold of yet, or really haven't come to terms with yet. It's called the color green. It's kind <laughs> of a new concept. It hasn't been around long. Oh well, you know, since like the days of NTSC, perhaps. But it's 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 been kind of a sleeping technology, and I I look at all of the laser projectors I've seen, and and the greens are either sort of more of a straw color or they're like electric green. I, I have yet to see a laser projector that I thought could do green worth a damn to be honest. That being said, um, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly making an effort to, 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 to stake out their corner of the, you know, crappy little laser projector corner of the market. And, <laughs> and that's fine. Every, everybody needs a gimmick. Um, I I shouldn't no you know they're they're making inexpensive projectors apparently a lot of people like them, um, you know more power to them I I, I I like seeing the competition, you know there's certainly enough people who will come out with something and then and then sit on their butts for years that's not what these folks at Casio are doing and so, you know fine more power to them. I just like would like to see those things before I get too excited about about either short throw or uh, or lasers. That was a little passive aggressive there, Mr. Brown, but I liked it. So. Passive aggressive from me? No. From moi? Here on this show? Oh my. All right, Mr. Tyner. That's a novelty. Are are we headed to uh to lamp free land uh with just not just this but you know other other uh, Yes, we are eventually. Eventually. I think so. Uh, hey, is your name Mr. Tyner? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'll I'll steal any thunder I can, you know. So, if, before I use that, I, I just got to tell Greg a couple things. First, it, it I've seen a lot of technology people who would simply tell the people tell their users just don't use green and then you don't have a problem <laughs> don't use I, green in your powerpoint there we go yeah exactly i seriously i, I know plenty of people who would tell them that Scott, um, you have a you have a future in sales and marketing my boy <laughs> which it, it it cracks me up uh, the other one is um if it, it, it is true that casio has not been sitting on their butts doing nothing because if they did they'd still be making calculators and electronic keyboards there absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Now, with all that said, you know, um, I think lampless, you know, is is, is got to be the the point of the future. Um, if you know, for environmental reasons, for 
total cost of ownership reasons. I like Greg. This this article didn't excite me much because I I think that a short throw projector is a specialty projector um, for you know a specific purpose, and we don't see it very often here at Bates. Uh, I actually I, we don't have a short throw projector anywhere on campus. Um, so you know the the lampless piece interested me, uh, but the fact that it's a short throw, I just, I don't know, whenever I see them, I'm just like, you know, uh, I don't know what the big thing about them is. I think it could really give us some nice options as they get into bigger screens and also brighter, uh, you know, into, you know, putting out more light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I here's the thing, with, and this is just from my perspective, I, I see the, the need for short throw projectors. When you have an installation where Either the 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 uh, the the ceiling is too low, or, or whatever reason, you need to get that projector as close as possible to the screen, so it's either not shoot trying to shoot through the the professor or what have you. I, and I there though, but those are special use cases. I'll absolutely grant you that. Ceiling too high. Yeah, ceiling yeah, too that's high. True too. Or the room, um, you know, ceiling too high and the room's too big. You know, you can't put it on a back wall because it's so far back, but then yeah. you've got too small of an image. Well, yeah, that's I, true, I, too. I, I have ten of them in a string of ten rooms where it has this, like, decorative acoustic plaster on the ceiling. It's literally spongy when you touch it, and it's like this half-inch thick sprayed-on stuff, and it's a, it's like a hard, um, hard deck above it with no clearance. Wow. So just impossible to work with. I also want to do like wire mold, and that would have been pretty aesthetically offensive. Yeah, Not that that stopped us a lot. Well, all right. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, this is the time. Product where... plug time. Product plug. Yes, product plug time. Jeez, so, so have they signed on for like one show, or have they just <laughs> never watched and they don't know any better, and they've signed on for multiple shows? M- M- Middle Atlantic has has. Um, Thankfully, uh, signed on for an exclusive sponsorship for four months. So oh wow! Great. You can you can um, either make fun of them if you'd Did like, they ask Mr. For Brown, an escape clause? or huh? Did they ask for an escape clause in there? They, well, only if you are on a sh- on a show, then they can escape as much as possible. Okay. Well. So, <laughs> good night. We joked for so long about offending our sponsors when we didn't have any, and, and yes. now it's like. And now let's see how long it takes. Now let's see how long it takes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Actually, I like Middle Atlantic. They make great stuff. I use it all the time, and other than a few things that you know got shipped from New Jersey, be getting a little beaten up by the time it got out here, we haven't had any sort of problems with them. Yeah, and it actually, when in, I sent uh, I sent Becky from Middle Atlantic an email and said, you know what, uh, in conversing back and forth I've used their their credenzas and their racks for a number of years and that's why I was actually I was very excited to talk about this because basically this is taking the credenza idea and putting it into a conference room table right uh, let, let, let's do the whole thing officially now um, EdTech is sponsored exclusively by Middle Atlantic Products uh, this is exactly what they want, to talk, want us to talk about it's their new line of technology pedestals um, it is the credenza uh, only it's in in conference room table form they have uh, two pedestal versions and one pedestal version uh, if you're thinking more along the lines of like um, uh, for a huddle room or what have you it's a smaller table but you still have the, the gear inside the inside the leg actually and uh, if you take a look at the at the website you can see it being built piece by piece there's the, there's the uh, 
the the two pedestals there. You load the gear up. You put the table on top. You put the the wrapping wrappings around it. You've got uh, cable uh, poke throughs at, at both ends, so you can have everything right there and a nice little cable that goes you know down through uh, through the floor and up to the display. Bada boom, bada bing. So all kinds of of options. They've got power. They got wire mold uh, cable retractors. It's tons and tons of finishes. Uh, in case you have an interior decorator um, or just somebody that thinks they know that, you know, that color doesn't go with that, you know, that's whatever. Uh, I got to make a couple comments here. Go ahead. The first one is I, I think that's fantastic because I look at the, this table, the, the fourth picture that's got the full table with the chairs around it. We built something almost exactly like this a couple summers ago for a conference room, and it was a pain because we had to get a table that was just right. We had to get different legs for it. We had to cut the holes through the table ourselves. And so to see a piece like this, I can imagine uh, our lives would have been much easier, and our continued life would be easier to be able to get into that, and everything's in a rack and not kind of stuffed in these – uh, table legs with Velcro and the like. So I think that that's fantastic. The other one that I like about Mid-Atlantic, it's a very quick story. We had a con uh, an integrator come in once and, and build the Mid-Atlantic rack for us. And um, when they were done, they went to put the doors on. The doors wouldn't fit, and the doors wouldn't fit, and the doors wouldn't fit. Uh, and they were figuring out why. And so me and my AV engineer looked at it, and we said, now you see um, up here in the top corner, that's supposed to be an MA, not a W. Oh, jeez. They had built the rack upside down, <laughs> so we couldn't get the doors on. That would explain. Uh, See, <laughs> it even tells you which side is up. So they it does. <laughs> they even go so far to help you. The if you look, you'll see the MA for Middle Atlantic. If if you look, not not if you assume you know what you're doing. Right, and I can just tell you, it's not to do a Middle Atlantic. Obviously, that guy had a really bad day. I'll bet <laughs> that guy had a had a had a rough time at where as long as he worked for that company because that's something you don't forget. No, and we were like, no, we actually really want doors. <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to be idiots here. Jeez. All right, uh, go by the website if you would please, MiddleAtlantic.com forward slash Aviation hyphen Tech Ped. MiddleAtlantic.com forward slash Aviation hyphen TechPed. Middle Atlantic products. What great systems are built on. So thank you guys. That was fun. Um, all right. Moving on. HDMI 2.0. Are we ready for this, guys? And I know that's a yes or no question, but the, the first, you know, it's, honest, it's an honest question. Um, as education uh, purveyors, as technology managers, um, as people who still um, supply VCRs to uh, our fine uh, professors. Scott, is, are, are, is the education market ready for HDMI 2.0? Um, so, uh, you know, I um, have to just claim ignorance here. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what HDMI 2.0 okay, is. No, no, that's, so a, that's a fair talk question. Talk to Mr. Brown. That's a, no, that's a fair <laughs> question. Here, here, okay, so here's, here's the basicness, right? Um, you've got a new version of HDCP coming down the pike, uh, HDCP 2.2, I believe. Um, HDMI 2.0 is also supposed to uh, support 4K video uh, at, at 60 hertz. Uh, also gives you 32 channels of audio and some other kind of neat features. Um, the, biggest, the biggest bones about this that, that everybody's saying is, yay, cool, we've got something that'll support 4K. Except the fact that there aren't any chips yet in the uh, in, in the products themselves, but hey, you know, 
that's neither here nor there. I shouldn't say in the products, in in the switching products, um, and in the cabling as of right now. Um, obviously, there are displays out there that will support 4K, but that's the only that's the only thing. Um, so, Greg, are we are we ready? Is education ready for four for 4K and for HDMI 2.0? Actually, I would I would file this in the same folder with with the 4K information. You know, it's it's up there on the shelf. It's it's not in the hot bin. It's in the this is moderately interesting and will become important down the road. But it's not something I need to concern myself about. It's not something I've paid a lot of attention to. Like like Scott said, you know, we we need somebody intelligent to talk about uh, something like this. You know, where where's Matt when you need him? Um, He's working for Crestron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lesson for us to learn in that there somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I learned it, just for the record. Just, never mind. <laughs> well, you work for an integrator. That doesn't count. Well, it's, it's, it, it is, but never mind. I'm not going to go down there. Uh, you can win $25,000. Okay, it does, but only if you use both hands. Uh, $25,000, I said. Uh, from NEC. There you go. There you go, Mr. Tyner. There's your 25. There's some, there's some money back from your folks. Um, if you go to NEC.com or NECdisplay.com tech makeover, uh, you can win a $25,000 technology makeover for your school. So, and it goes on for like the next month. Last time we pu publicized one of these things, it was, um, I, I think we mentioned it like the day after the it ended. contest was over, which. <laughs> I think was perhaps a little bit of poor planning on our part, but hey, we got this one in time. We got this one in time. <clears throat> All right, guys, and, and, uh, and it's open to higher ed too, which a bunch of these aren't. I thought that was interesting. Well, because... open to anyone, it seems. I'll tell you what, I, I think it's great that any NEC does this. I think it's great that any place that gives back to uh, funding to education. I particularly think of, you know, K twelve schools and time and things like that that just they don't have the that technology budget, but. I'm going to be the commercial one here, Greg, and just say you know, what drives me nuts is on Facebook when everybody I know is like, go vote for my kid's school for this contest. And, you know, every day you're asked to go and make a new vote. And that's what NEC is saying, that after they pick the top three, they're going to get voted on. So I, I'm sure that all my friends on Facebook will be posting for me to go and vote for <laughs> Their kids' school. Well, I, I I will solve your issue and I will out curmudgeon you in one in 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 one fell swoop. I I deleted my Facebook profile a couple of years ago. I just got tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no no comment for that. So, uh, let's talk about a couple more things, guys. I'm, I'm wondering uh, with yes. that if we could like put in to do like a tech makeover of like our house for twenty five grand. Sure. Actually, hey, you know, I finally joined. Tim will design the... it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure Tim would put in some some special features for my house. Yes. <laughs> Where it locks I, you out. I joined the I joined the digital age a few weeks ago. You finally got a cell phone. I've no, I've I have a cell phone. I got a uh, I got a digital uh, big flat panel television. Oh wow, very good. I I actually won it. So I, you I never you didn't the, actually purchase it. No, I didn't. I'm far too cheap for that. Hey, the 32 inch CRT is still perfectly good. That's what I keep telling my kids. But I went to playroom. the Stampede dealer show, and it is open to 
tech managers and end users. Oh, I know wow. a bunch of those shows aren't, but the Stampede Show, make a note, everybody, for when it comes to your town, is open to end users. They were very nice, and I you know, got the little card and got mm -hmm. it stamped by everybody and tossed it in the fishbowl at the end. And I won the, you know, they had a bunch of, like, T-shirts and things like that that they gave away. But I won the big prize, a 42-inch LG. Good for you. Yeah. Nice. So now my cable bill has gone up considerably as I now get bits and zeros, which are much more uh, expensive, apparently. It's to do more expensive to push little, ones and zeros squiggles. down those, that, that copper pipe than it is, you know, yeah, analog TV right. for some reason. Um, all right, guys. Let's talk about a couple different things. First of all, Infocom on campus. Um, I mentioned the fact that I don't belong on this show because that gentleman right there, Mr. Scott Tyner, will be doing one of these in grand old MIT. Hello. Hey, Scott. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. We're doing a, um, it's called Infocom on Campus, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to uh, actually dig up the um, exact date of it right now as I'm talking, and I can May tell 29th. you it. It's May 29th. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know who said that, but way to go. Um, <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> that is it. It's going to be at MIT. Um, there's going to be um, uh, Bill Natris is going to be moderating it. Um, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of talk about um, class capture, but class capture in a sense that um, how it's changing education. What are some of the things that we didn't necessarily expect uh, that now we're seeing it change? Um, and there's going to be uh, another gentleman there. Um, boy, I, I said I want to talk about this, and now I'm, I'm forgetting everybody who's going to be there. <laughs> Bill Dale, I think, is his name. Um, who uh, Warren Dale is his name. I'm sorry. Oh, Warren is – Yes. Okay. Yeah, he should – I was going to say, yeah, when I was talking to him the other day, he uh, he's from down in Southern California. I said I knew some guys at UCLA. He, he said he did my recommendations. Oh, he, he said he didn't know anybody. He liked at UCLA. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, well, that, you know, that doesn't surprise me, but he was <laughs> one of my recommendations. Oh, and, and so it sounds like Warren's actually got a really uh, interesting perspective on, again, the changing of technology and the changing of education. Um, so it's going to be a really cool, uh, cool time, and um, you know, I think it's it's a six-hour thing, or so. I don't know. It's probably just a regional thing, but if you're in the region and are interested in con coming on up, it'd be really cool to have you there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know the details. In fact, any tech managers can tune in tomorrow to the technology managers council meeting, where we will get an info, where we'll get an, an update from the folks at the mothership about these. But there is one in the planning stages for the West Coast. Uh, UC Davis was being talked about last mm -hmm. I heard. Now, um, Greg, uh, or I should Tim, when this comes out, it won't be tomorrow anymore, will it? Uh, no, no, it'll be it, it'll be passed. But go ahead. <laughs> He, he's no, no. just reminding that I'm, oh, that's reminding right. that I'm, I'm sorry. plugging the meeting, which is tomorrow, which is probably two weeks ago by the time. <laughs> It'll be a week you know, from now, but, yeah, but yeah, it, listening it's to this. April 16th you know, is when the Technology Managers Council would have been. Had, but uh, we, there's, yeah, I'm but, sure there's some live viewers right now, Greg, yeah. and those are the ones you were speaking to. Yeah, but we're talking technology managers. I mean, you know, happy freaking Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyhow. <laughs> Because that's about the time they'll get to watching this or listening. Uh, are to you this. kidding me? There, there's, you know, you guys don't do anything. I used to be a tech manager. I know. <laughs> you get, you get the well, whole next week. You're an integrator now. You are perfectly qualified. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing: digital signage for technology managers. 
Uh, it's a class put on by uh, Infocom. It's an online course. We wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah, so I, I'll just jump in because yeah. I was um, I took part in um, creating the class with a couple other technology managers and people. File this under tooting your own horn. <laughs> oh, be quiet, Somebody Mr. Had, Chairman. <laughs> I, right, Greg. I, I got to do something to keep up with you. Um, so it, we, we, we did it in actually a, a very quick span. The thing that's really cool about it is if whether you have got some digital signage going right now or you're just thinking about digital signage, it gets you in some of that mindset about what do I need to consider, what are some of the options. If you've already got it in place, you you know some things you might not have thought about as far as um, fire code and, and life safety issues that you need to be aware of. Uh, so it's well worth uh, the time and you know it, it gives you some um, uh, CTS uh, reaccreditation. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and it's a free course, good. right? I no. do not believe it's a free it course. It is not a free course. For members, it is $99. For non-members, okay. it's 150 right, and it sure. gives you five RUs, which are renew renewal units. So. That's not a bad chunk of RUs. No, no, not when it's, it's was at 30 uh, to have every, th every three years. So... Uh, I just renewed mine here recently, so I, I am running out next year. So I've got to, I've got to look at something myself. Yeah, my uh, my Crestron certification class last week. Uh, we'll we'll go to that, and and maybe I'll do some some this this summer in Infocom. So, all right, guys, that will do it uh, for us and and for this month. Uh, Greg Brown, the uh, fine UCLA Bruin and and Technology Manager Council Chairman. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Where can people find you if they'd like to read more of your, your, your stuff? Well, my latest blog there on Infocom All, All Voices. And if you work at it, you're not particularly well indexed, but there's a bunch of other scandalous and libelous stuff in, on there that I've written. Or you can track me down on LinkedIn or um, Twitter at uh, AVGreg. Okay. Yeah, go, go, go add to Greg's LinkedIn Total, he's like, yeah, hey, he's why not? Now. You know, at least somebody here is, you know, uses LinkedIn as a tool. Somebody who has 663 contacts, thank you very much. Oh, good lord, <clears throat> file that under tooting your own. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Tyner, where, where can people find thank you, sir, by the way? Uh, and and where can people find you and your 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 pros? So I uh, I write a uh, two columns for uh, Rave Publications, one in their digital signage, one in their ed tech, and then I, I do blogging a couple times a month for them. I am uh, getting – you can find me more and more on Twitter. I'm finding Twitter to just even more and more be an excellent uh, resource. Um, so you can find me there. LinkedIn, Greg, I'm sorry. I just – it. I don't know. It, it's 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 so 2008 for me. LinkedIn. I just can't get into it. Um, but I am on there, and you know, feel free to free, feel free to connect to me, and maybe you can drag me in. Hey, you know, 2008. You know, something to remind you of your high school days. You know. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. gee, I I wish that that were true. <laughs> yeah. Me so too. this is the big year for me. I turned 40 this year. You know. You too. Yes. See, there's a 40 lot. years old. There are a number of us. Uh, I was talking with, um, oh, I'll just, I'll punk him out. I don't care. Uh, Chris Netto from, from Red Band. Uh, there are a number of us who, who are turning 40, and, and we're, we're going to do something at Infocom. I'm not quite sure what yet. But you turn 40, I turn 40. Um, Harry Mead, uh, A.B. Dawn's husband, yep. turns 40 this year. Chris Netto turns 40 this year. 
1974 was a busy year, apparently. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> the, the, the I know AV. what was going on in early 1974 yeah. and late 73. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I might have to get to Infocom just for that party. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm not sure what we're doing yet, but we're we're gonna do something. So, uh, my name is Tim Albright, and I do turn 40 this year, um, about a month and a half. Uh, but uh, don't follow me. Don't don't try to find me. Go to the website if you would please. avnation.tv avnation.tv you'll find this fine program and tons of others our weekly uh, news and information show called av week we have another weekly show uh, the av app show um a brand new diy posted this week we've got one on pico projectors and george tucker just started a new lighting show um i don't know anything about lighting but it it was very interesting uh, listen uh, when he's I listen a bright to guy uh, he is a very very nice very bright yeah anyhow uh, but yeah, go by the website, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks to Mid-Atlantic uh, for their sponsorships, what great systems are built on. Thank you so much for listening. This has been EdTech. <laughs>